Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, we're going to be going into the Salt and Light closet and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from the spring of 2022. First off, we're joined by Camille Pauly of Healing the Culture, who tells us about their new pro-life TV series for kids, Philo and Sophie. And then we reconnect with singer-songwriter Cooper Ray. In our second half hour, author Robert LeBlanc helps us to explore a deeper meaning to the story of David and Goliath. And at the end of the program, we reconnect with singer-songwriter John Finch, who released several new singles this year, 2022. We begin now with Pro-Life Philosophy for Kids. When I first heard of the life principles, I thought that they were brilliant. They were the best way to explain any life issues to anyone. They're grounded in philosophy and logic, which is what makes sense to me. And the organization that taught me the life principles is Healing the Culture. And the person who taught them to me is the president and CEO of Healing the Culture, Camille Pauly. Healing the Culture is dedicated to offering pro-life education for any age and true to that mission, they are now launching a program for elementary school children called Philo and Sophie. And to tell us all about it, I am now joined by Camille, Polly. Camille, it's so good to see you. Welcome. welcome Hi, to- Dick and Pedro. Good to see you, friend. Yes. So, so who are Philo and Sophie? <laughs> Philo is a, um, a puppet, actually. He's a penguin. He yep. has a British accent. Yeah. And Sophie is a mermaid puppet. Uh, kind of goofy and spontaneous, and they are friends. And t- together, they teach young children about the principles that Healing the Culture has um, been known and loved for sharing around the world to increase pro-life awareness and pro-life values. Okay, so there might be some people that are not familiar with the life principles. Can you can you quickly tell us? So, are Philo and Sophie sure. teaching the kids exactly the same kind of principles, or same or content? Same content. Yeah, same, same principles. Right. So, so back in 2003, Father Robert Spitzer and I started healing the culture to teach his philosophy on YB pro life. Mm-hmm. It includes tons of deep content on what real happiness is, what it means to be successful, what true freedom is, what quality of life is, what a human right is. And it changes people in their hearts in how they're living and how they're thinking about those terms so that they're living for higher ideals. That's the only way you're going to change this culture is by changing people's philosophy on what they're living for and looking for. And so we digested this down to kindergarten, first and second grade. It's a college curriculum, but we got the concepts down to little kids and we used Sesame Street style little vignettes with animation and puppets and actors and songs and believe it or not little little kids can understand these concepts and integrate them and fall in love with um, the beautiful values of the pro-life movement without even talking about abortion we don't uh, we don't even get into those issues with them right right but you're teaching philosophy to little kids right that's what yes it's- yes it's like a philosophy 101 for little children and it's everything they really need to know at that young age So Father Spitzer talks about the four levels of happiness. Some of your listeners are familiar with that. Physical pleasure, ego gratification, contribution to others, and faith in God. 
And a little five-year-old can understand those concepts and why level three and four are more important and better for you um, and, and better to live for as an end in itself and using the, the lower levels as means to the greater end. They get those points and they understand mm-hmm. them. And they're so open, Pedro, because uh, Deacon Pedro, because they, they're already there. Their hearts are there. They haven't been jaded yet. Mm-hmm. They have kind of that natural gift that God gives everyone of desiring the good and seeing the good in others before they've become jaded by ego and wealth and popularity and esteem and, you know, all the temptations and distractions of the world. And so it's been a phenomenal way to introduce these concepts very young when kids really need it now in a culture that is um, guiding them seriously astray. Yeah, I, I find, I think it's fascinating, especially because you start, like you said, the bases is like those four levels of happiness. For someone that might be listening, thinking, you're not talking about abortion. So how is this related to life? How can you make a quick connection between those four levels of happiness and how that can relate to the life principles of why we should value life at all stages? So we have this one episode where Philo or actually Frank the monster, we have a red furry monster named Frank and he and Sophie meet their, their school teacher, their English teacher, Miss Laura. And she's not going to be a teacher anymore because she's going to take care of her newborn baby. And they're shocked and appalled because she can't be successful if she's not going to continue her career. And she's such a successful teacher. And so she's able to show them that real happiness comes from gift of self to the other. And the greatest happiness that she can find is by giving her life to another human being who needs her. And that although she still loves them, her career is not as important as her job to bring a new human being into the world who can love and contribute and, and become a gift of God to the world. And so that's kind of one way that we do that in an innocent way in ways little kids understand. A lot of them have had teachers move on or, you know, uh, you know, change teachers. And so they, they can be familiar with those concepts. And yet we can introduce pro-choice arguments without them even knowing what abortion and pro-choice is so right. that later on they say, wait a minute, that's, you know, that's not true when you say a woman can't be successful if she, you know, has to put her career on hold or has to change the way she do, does things for another human being. Right. Now you said it's a universally age curriculum. I know that, I mean, that's when I first heard about the life principles, it was very much for adults, young adults. Um, yes. You also have a high school curriculum, is that correct? So we, does it work? Do. Does it work so that it kind of graduates? So once kids go through the elementary curriculum, then it builds up on it until it can, it can, can, but, but the kindergarten through third grade is an element in itself and kids will love it. If nobody, if the student hasn't studied that and they enter, you know, high school, they can start the curriculum right at the high school level. It's called principles and choices. Okay. Uh, They can find that at our website, healingtheculture.com. And the college curriculum is the same. It starts at the beginning with the four levels of happiness and moves through just in a higher level, uh, you know, integrates more philosophical concepts. Okay. So you guys are dedicated obviously to these curricula for, 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 to teach That's what we life do. principles. Um, yeah. Anything else, anything else that healing the culture is doing that you want to tell us about? Yeah, we have um, a program called respect life university. It's on our website, uh, healingtheculture.com as well. It's for adults, uh, grownups, college students, and it's little five minute videos that deal with all the hard issues. You know, what about rape and incest, life of the mother, uh, fetal disabilities. Um, and so we, have these short educational clips and videos that are highly animated and um, you know very energetic and uses some graphic animation to explain concepts in very short terms and you can send them on to your friends if you're having debates on certain issues on social media. So those are our four uh, our four programs is Respect Life University and then there's uh, the college program we have and then the high school curriculum and then Philo and Sophie our latest. Yeah, of course. Which is uh yeah, all online. Yeah, it is. Um 
is it your hope or is it, are they designed so that they, they're to be used in classroom? Can they be used at home? Uh, how, how, what is it? Let's say with Philo and Sophie, how does, how yeah. does it work? I know there yeah, are everything. That's right. Everything we have can be used at home in a classroom or in a parish setting. It's all adaptable. So for example, Philo and Sophie, you log on, it's all free. You don't have to pay for the videos. Everything is free right now, including the teacher materials, parent pieces, downloadable games and handouts and coloring pages. It's mm-hmm. all free. And, um, and there are uh, four different units, or, I'm sorry, three different units. And each one has a lesson that lasts about 45 minutes. Or if you don't want to do the whole lesson, you just watch the videos. And uh, each video is about 12 minutes long. It's about as long as an episode of your favorite show on TV. Um, and it's television quality, very high quality material, songs your kids are not going to stop singing. So, <laughs> and a lot of content for that adults will love as well that we hear grownups and parents get back to us saying, I never heard this content before. I didn't know why I was pro-life. You know, this is rich stuff that I could use with my child. Uh, you know, in all kinds of settings, you know, why you shouldn't hit Johnny or why, you know, why you shouldn't steal or why you shouldn't lie. You know, the content is so philosophically basic that you can apply it to so many teachings of our church and of our faith. Mm-hmm. You've been doing, I, I don't want to make you sound old, but you've been doing this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've been um, doing this for about 30 I mean, years. Known, yeah. I've since I was for, two. I yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I've known you for about 20 years. So I mean, <laughs> right. been at this for a long time. What has been the greatest joy for you in doing this kind of oh, work? Gosh. You know, for me, it's the number of people who come back and say, I never learned this before. I never heard this before. Um, that is the greatest joy is that we're getting content out there that our culture doesn't teach anymore and sadly suppresses. Philosophy um, from non-Christians is seen as, you know, kind of sneaky and what are you doing? And even with Christians, it's seen as, you know, that's some weird thing that, you know, leads us away from faith and it's not. Faith and reason, as we know, as Catholics go hand in hand, God gave us a brain and a soul. And you have to understand the teachings that we have. Even St. Paul tells us, be ready to have a reason for the faith that is in you. And that's what we do. And uh, we even have high school and college kids watching Philo and Sophie and loving it. We tested it in a high school class and they loved it. They're singing the songs too. So it's yeah. for everybody. Well, I, 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 like I said at the beginning, I, for me, this is wonderful because it's so logical. It's not hitting people over the head with religion. It's just really basic, but not basic in that, that it's simple. I mean, it's simple, but it's, these are, these are deep concepts. So I'm very right at the bottom of where people need to be. Yeah. And it contradicts what our culture is teaching young people with all this content in libraries with, for young people on, you know, homosexuality and abuse of your body being a good thing. And, you know, the despair of atheism as something wonderful, it's contradicting all of that. Even a lot of, you know, Disney programs now that are out that are really harming and damaging our kids. This is something you can do with your kids. It's fun. It's interesting. It's animated. um, You know, and and who doesn't love a red furry puppet monster and a penguin and a mermaid? I mean, come on. (laughs) Anyway, Camille, thank you so much. It's so exciting. I'm glad you guys are doing this. Um, And I know there's going to be more to come over the years. So more to come. I know. Thank you for the work and thank you for telling us about it today. God bless you, Deacon Pedro. Keep us in your prayers. Camille Pauly is the president and CEO of Healing the Culture. You can learn about them at their website, healingtheculture.com, and you can watch Philo and Sophie at philoandsophie.org. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, go to our website, slmedia.org podcast. Here now is Cooper Ray with Freedom in Your Cross from his album, Anywhere for You. Deep inside this heart and heart Amid a stormy sea 
Lies a love that aches for you and longs to be set free, to be set free. You have come to ransom me, release me from these chains. Follow you, Lord, is my gain. I die to rise again. There is freedom in your cross. Hope for all the lost. The bonds of our shame have fallen away. There is freedom, freedom in your cross. That was Cooper Ray with Freedom in Your Cross from his album, Anywhere for You. We first met Cooper Ray in November 2017. He had just published his last album, Anywhere for You. Cooper has been in ministry for over 20 years, spending most of his time leading worship, speaking at events, uh, and leading retreats. Cooper is now coordinator of middle school ministry at St. Anne's Parish in Capel, Texas. 
We all know that it's been a rough two years for people in ministry. And since it's been a while since we spoke with Cooper, we thought it was a good time to reconnect. Cooper, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Thanks. It's great to be back. Appreciate it. So I don't want to put you on the spot or make you feel bad. No, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but there's no new music. How come? Uh <laughs> Well, I mean, as you said, I'm the coordinator for middle school ministry um, at my parish, and I've been doing that for about five, four years now, a little bit over four years. And uh, and then I also have three young boys at home. And so uh, I think the, the combination of, of those two things has really kind of when I've when I do have time away from the work and the ministry, like I've ju I just try to pour myself into my family. Um, and, yeah. and as you know that, you know, to sit down, well, for some people, it's very easy. There are people who I know who, who can't not write, like they write a song a day and they're just yeah, machines. Yeah. Sarah Hart. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I wasn't going to mention her, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah right. Hart. Yeah. She's super and, human. Um, but, but for me, it's more labor intensive and it definitely takes time to be a way to really focus in the deep. Okay. So, so let's, sorry to interrupt. So you're not like. And, and and we're not talking about people like Sarah Hart, but I mean, like you're not like do you because in prayer, for example, you're not getting like ideas all the time or melodies in your head that you might jot down or working on things that take might take you longer. But you're so so you're not like you actually need to sit down and focus and set time aside to actually do songwriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I think it also has to be just kind of a mentality or a mental state. Like yeah, I yeah. just I have to even be in that place. Like right now, any time of that I'm in prayer, a lot of my prayer brings me to how am I going to serve the ministry at my parish? How am I going to serve right. these young people? I mean, we have we have over 250 middle schoolers that are um, wow. connected with our program. And on a regular Sunday night, we might have 125, 130 that show up on a regular basis. And so Wonderful. Um, there's a lot going on with that. And of course, we're just trying to, it's almost like coordinating a, a, a conference, um, a small rally every weekend. And so there's a lot that, that plays into that. So a lot of the creativity that would normally be set aside for doing music right. uh, really just kind of comes into the ministry more often. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I wanted to ask you about the middle school ministry. I don't know how common that would be in parishes. I've never heard of a parish that has ministry that's so specific to middle school, to that age group. Um, can you tell us more? Like how did that, I'm assuming, is there like the elementary ministry and the high school ministry and the middle there school? Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, wow. we're, we're very blessed. I mean, St. Anne's is a very large parish. Um, and part of the reason why it's so large is because it has a history of pouring into, um, into the youth ministry uh, that kind of got its start years ago with the life team. And, um, and they just invested, they had some very visionary pastors a number of years ago, and they've kind of kept up with that vision. Um, and so when the opportunity to come on board with middle school ministry, um, I, I was, I was very excited because I think a lot of times middle schoolers don't get the, first of all, they don't, they don't get the credit that they deserve, um, in being able to go to a depth in their, in their spiritual mm -hmm. life. Uh, secondly, um, a lot of times, and because of that, they don't get a lot of, of opportunities to, have some really great people working with them. Is it uh, sorry to interrupt. Is it because they're kind of between the sacraments? Because they're like they are—they're not first communion, but they're not quite right. confirmation yet. 
Yeah, I mean, we do confirmation in the eighth grade in okay, our parish so and in our yeah. diocese, so there, that is part of the preparation process. But mm -hmm. I think it's just an awkward age, and and some people just don't know what, how to necessarily deal with those that awkwardness. You know, right. I mean, I have my sixth grade boys that are you know like four foot nothing, and then I've got some eighth grade boys that are taller than me, and I'm six two. So um, I mean, there's a huge physical difference, and then there's an emotional and a spiritual and, and a, a mental difference between them, you know? So um, yeah, and so I, yeah, we, we're in a parish that has a, a very vibrant um, children's ministry and a very vibrant high school ministry, and Aaron smacked right back in, in dab in the middle um, doing the middle school. That's stuff. wonderful. And you've been able to, over the last two years with this pandemic, the parish was able to continue a lot of those programs? They were. We um, So our director of, of uh, youth ministry kind of oversees all the departments, youth and children's ministry. He was just, he when, when things kind of broke, uh, he's like, we're not stopping. And we went virtual immediately. And uh, because of that, he, you know, we just, we just didn't stop. We didn't stop moving. And, uh, and I think, you know, we, we created an opportunity, a need, I guess, you know, we're like, Hey, this is vital. And we're putting efforts and people were kind of asking us how, how has St. Anne managed to do it? We had other parishes that were trying to get some advice from us and some guidance. And so, um, that was kind of neat to be a part of that. Were you able to keep the children engaged? Because I've heard stories about people trying to just go online and it just did not work. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I think it was novel at first. And, um, you know, because everybody was on the screens and it was kind of neat. And so we were doing these big group games with Kahoot and um, Jackbox yeah. and these other programs. Uh, but, but after a while, I think because schools were doing the you know doing the online presence as well i think they just got they got screen fatigue you know and and it kind of reminded me of what the transition that life team made years and years ago to transform how to do ministry to young people was to put them in the small group and take them out of the classroom because that classroom model that we use for so often and perhaps even some parishes still use um it feels kind of like school. So it's a six day a week thing. And so youth ministry shifted. We made it novel, made it interesting. And then when COVID hit, we were back in that same thing. The screen wasn't novel and whatever we did was going to be, it was going to be just like what they were experiencing six days a week um, or five days a week. And so uh, it, it, it was, it was hard. I even heard, you know, our, some of our Protestant brothers and sisters in their youth ministry programs having the same issues, which kind of made me feel a little bit better because I felt like we were doing some great stuff, but I was like, maybe it's, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just our kids, but there were across the board, um, youth ministry across the board was struggling right. about, you know, three months, three, four months into it. Yeah. Same here. Same in Canada. Um, hopefully we're over that now. And, and as th things start opening up and, um, restrictions are being lifted. I guess Texas is a little ahead of <laughs> everywhere. We are else. slightly ahead of the curve. Even in the United States, we're ahead of the curve, which yeah, is yeah. great. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a great it's place. It's good to for be. ministry. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Um, um, so I, I'm going to go back to music because yeah. I, I think that that uh, I don't think that you're going to not write any more songs. Um, anything new? Anything you can give me? Anything that's coming down the pipes? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, a group of artists with OCP, Oregon Catholic Press, which is um, where I'm published through, yeah. uh, we've, we are going to be getting together. In fact, we were supposed to get together in January uh, for a writer's retreat, and which is, I was so excited about. We're going to come together. We're going to pray. 
uh, and then break off and, you know, pair up, get in threes, get in fours, and, and really start to take from that prayer, how are we going to, you know, what are some songs that are coming to us, you know, because there's a synergistic um, aspect to writing music, especially when you're able to be in person. I've written songs on Anywhere For You. I co-wrote every single song, mm-hmm. um, but most of it was done through Zoom or it was done, hey, I'm going to send you some songs. You look at it and send yeah. it back to me. But when you're in the same room, there's a different connection that happens and there's a different vibe. So um unfortunately it got that that writer's retreat got delayed and um and, and we're pushing it to may um i don't think it's a breach of confidence or anything uh, hopefully not with ocp but i'm just really excited about getting back in there and getting yeah. to um, be with these people and just see if we can come up with something amazing and write some great some great music for the church absolutely and even if you don't i think just the that experience of being together in fellowship supporting each other in sure. uh through prayer and just net fellowship really is what it is. I'd be great. Maybe I can see if I can weasel my myself to, to get in there and join you guys for that retreat. That'd be so much yeah. fun. Oh, you'd be um, welcome. At least I, I would welcome you. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can write a song or two. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cooper has been so good to, to chat with you today and to reconnect. I'm glad things are, are well and that you, you. you and the family are keeping well. And, uh, and I'm glad that there is possibly some music coming down the pipes and that way we can, uh, get to get you back on the show and i know right you don't have to use an album it's like so it's so long it's so old we'll get there we'll i mean i mean when i said that i we last spoke with you five years ago it really doesn't seem like it was five years ago time flies so right um thank you for what you do thank you for uh sharing with us a little bit of of it with us today oh you're welcome it was a pleasure being back on the show man all right cooper take care god bless all right thanks you too You can learn more about Cooper Ray and book him for your next event or retreat at his website, cooperray.com. Here now is Cooper Ray with You Call Me from his album, Anywhere For You.
We're listening to Cooper Ray with You Call Me from his album Anywhere For You on this special edition of the Saltonite Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Check out our website at eselmedia.org slash podcast. Welcome to the Saltonite Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm sure that you're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath, the young Israelite, a ruddy shepherd boy who stands up to the Philistine giant Goliath, when no one, not even the bravest soldiers in the Israelite army, dared to do so. And we know the ending. With one stone, David falls the giant and then cuts off his head. But what does that story have to do with you and me and our everyday life? In his book, Five Smooth Stones, author Robert LeBlanc suggests that it is an allegory to help us face our fears. Just how David picks up five stones to fight the giant, we too need five stones to help us overcome our fears. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Robert LeBlanc. Robert, welcome to the Sultanite Hour. Thank you very much for inviting me, Deacon Pedro. So... If I don't know if this is where we should start, but I really, it's like, can you tell us what the, if you tell us what the five smooth stones stand for or what they are, are we spoiling, are you spoiling the book for us? No, it's not spoiling the book at all. And if you wanted to start with, you know, the, the, the five smooth stones, because uh, there are different authors that have selected different stones. So these are the ones that, that came to me uh, when I was looking at this uh, and the five smooth stones that build one upon the other. So start with humility, mm -hmm. and then on top of humility, wisdom, and then from wisdom, virtue, from there to courage, and then the grace of God. And okay. I would say that the grace of God is the stone that gives the coup de grace, okay. if you want. Yes, right. the big one. Um, okay, so, and, and I want to get to some of them uh, in a little bit. So humility, wisdom, virtue, courage, and the grace of God. Um so that's what the stones represent. What does Goliath represent? Goliath represents our fears in the world today. Right? And when I was first writing the book, and I, I had kind of the, the skeleton of it together from doing a retreat based on this before, but when I was writing the book, I always find it's amazing how God writes with crooked lines because mm -hmm. it was in the spring of 2020 when I had the time to, to sit down and write this, the world had shut down uh, as an educator, schools had shut down and we were kind of figuring things out uh, how, how that would happen. So I had this time on my hands. So I, I said, I'm going to sit down and, and put this together. Uh, got the first draft done by about June of 2020. And I handed it to my wife to, to go through because she's my first uh, proofreader. Yeah. Uh, and she says, this is what the world needs now. Because if we think back to two years ago, June 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, uh, a lot of social unrest going on in the world, that there was a lot of palpable fear in the world. And so in my mind, Goliath represents our fears. And when we go back to this story, Goliath is huge. Like we, we say he's a giant, but we really don't fully understand how big Goliath was, right? Uh, at six cubits in a span. And for myself, not really knowing biblical measurements, I had to go look yeah. up. But yeah. it's six cubits in a span. Nine foot six. 
Wow. Nine foot six. And again, in the book, to put that in perspective, because nine foot six doesn't really mean a whole lot to us. But if you look at the average NBA player, is about six foot seven. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal came in at seven foot one. Uh, the world's tallest man, according to Guinness Book of World Records, was eight foot one or eight foot two. And so here we have Goliath coming in at nine foot six. Plus, he would have been wearing a helmet with some plumage on top. Yeah. He, he was just a, a big, scary dude. And in a lot of ways, our fears are like that as well. And David would have been about five foot four. Right, right, and 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 I think I I get the sense that sometimes our fears, I mean, they seem big and they maybe are big, but they're actually maybe we make them look bigger than what they actually are, you know, um, that maybe one hundred percent, maybe people saw Goliath as being bigger and and scarier than he really was, and and maybe he tried to make himself feel bigger. Um, can you give us, can you maybe pick one of the stones, maybe, um, I mean, whichever one you want, humility or, or whichever, and, and use that as an example as to how one of these stones can actually help us in overcoming our fears? So yeah, we'll, we'll start at the beginning with humility. And uh, like you say, our fears can seem overwhelming, the same way that Goliath seemed overwhelming. Mm. And uh, Mark Hart, yeah. uh, who's a, a speaker... Uh, down in the States, has this great line where he says, don't tell God how big your fears are. Don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell yeah. your problems how big your yeah. <laughs> how big your God is, how big yeah. God is. Yes. Uh, and I think because in society now, we just have this, we have control issues. Everyone wants to control everything that's going on around them. Uh, a lot of times I say, it's almost like we have a God complex. Mm-hmm. And we want to fix everything. We want to be in control of everything. And we need to remember that God is God and I am not. Right. right? That, that sense of humility, God is God and I am not. And we need to, to let go and let God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it. so very important for us to have that humility. Uh, and then my, my phone goes off every day at three o'clock in the afternoon for the, the hour of divine mercy. I'm usually in the classroom, so I'd just say a very quick, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. Right? And putting that trust in Jesus. And again, coming back to my wife in her infinite wisdom the one time, she said, you know, we're called to put our fears at the foot of Christ. We're called to bring our fears to the cross. Yeah. And we say, Jesus, I trust in you. But then we don't show it. Mm-hmm. We don't act it out. We don't truly trust him. So again, that, that humility is the foundation of everything. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, so basically acknowledging that God is God and we are not, um, every chapter. So you have one chapter, obviously f- there's a few chapters before you start with the stones and then there's a chapter for each of the five stones and every chapter ends with points to ponder. So you have some questions, I guess, for, for further discussion or conversation. Is it your hope that the book can be used as a in a study group session or in a classroom or as a retreat all of the above <laughs> all of the, all, Good all answer. Of the above <laughs> um, and the, the points to ponder are there they can be used as discussion questions in a small or large group but some of them can also then become personal 
personal reflection yeah and where you say at the the end of humility and i don't have it open to the page in front of me but because you know when has there been a moment where you didn't let god be god not everyone's going to be comfortable sharing that kind of thing in a right in a retreat session or in the the chapter on virtue where we start with the quote from saint augustine there's no virtue without temptation and we look at virtues and the corresponding temptations the corresponding vices and i remember the first time i did this as a retreat and i was going through those and the vices and someone says well why are you looking directly at me when you're mentioning gluttony (laughs) or when you're mentioning lust yeah right and it's like well no i'm not asking you to to share your examination of conscience here so they really are meant for some introspection personal yeah okay yeah i i i get that and i think that that that's one of the reasons why it's really useful so just a basic question like what are the goliaths in your life is is a good good question for reflection um robert you're a high school teacher just quickly is it is it i mean this book is for everyone is it your hope that this book is more for young people for for your students or is it for adults who's this book for i would say it's more geared towards adults. Yeah. When I was writing, I, I had more of adults in mind. I do know of some people who homeschool their teenage children okay. that have used it okay. there as well. Um, so it depends on the maturity level of, of the student, the, the mm-hmm. maturity level of the person um, in a lot of ways. But you know what? Working with teenagers, I think you'd be surprised at the maturity level of our teenagers and what they can handle and what they are looking to discuss. Yeah, that's true. There is that thirst for the truth. Yeah. And you do start the book off by by sharing how you tell the story to your students and, and what kind of questions they you post to them and how they respond. So that so that I do think that if there are any teachers that are listening, that this could be an interesting uh, 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 tool that you can use in the classroom as you talk about something that's very real, especially for high school students nowadays, which is is fear. Robert, we have to leave it there, but thank you so much for, for writing the book. I'm glad that that uh, uh, we were able to get you on the show, and uh, I look forward to more, more writings from you. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure to be here. Um, again, thank you for the invitation, and yes, there is stuff in the works, so Good. God willing, we'll be able to get that done Good. as well. Good. Looking forward to that. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Robert LeBlanc is a teacher and he's the co-host of the Pints and Pews podcast. He's the author of Five Smooth Stones, published by Justin Press. You can find out more at his website, catholicmoment.ca. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, go to our website, esomedia.org slash podcast. And here now is John Finch with his new single, My Surrender. I'm learning how to let go So you can take control When my worries seem to find me It's not a natural thing To give you everything But I know that you are for me You can have it all, you can have it 
love has taken over. This is my surrender, Lord. You're stirring so deep in my soul. I see your grace unfold. It's only a matter of time. Now my heart belongs to you, Lord. You are my treasure, my reward. I fix my eyes on Jesus. You can have it all. You can have it all. I am drawing closer. This is my surrender. You can have it all. You can have it all. Your love is taking over. This is my surrender. That was John Finch with his new single, My Surrender. We met John Finch in April 2018. He had just released his debut album, Wildfire. And since then, John has been traveling all over, headlining tours and performing at a variety of Catholic and evangelical events, including World Youth Day Panama in 2019. John is a founding member of the Vigil Project that we featured on this program. But over the last couple of years, John has been working on some new music, some new songs. We've heard a few of them already. And so it's a really good excuse to uh, catch up with him. John, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Hi, Deacon Pedro. Good to be with you today. Thanks so much for having me. I know I was, uh, you, just to think that we met in 2018, we did not see each other in Panama in 2019. Um, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's crazy that it was four years ago. So like, I know that you've been doing work with the Vigil Project, but how was how at least the the last two years the pandemic years how was that for you 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's great to be back with you, and uh, a lot has happened. Um, I am a married man as of congratulations. Yeah, this? yeah. So that's probably I would say the biggest the biggest, the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's been absolutely wonderful and a great adventure. Um, my wife Molly is the best. Um, so uh musically um been releasing a lot of projects with visual over the last couple of years um and during covid you know we obviously came off the road uh we all remember that weekend where the world shut down yeah and, uh, life looks so different um but fortunately uh we are back at it and busier than ever um i think there's just this uh, new sense of excitement um, across the the globe of just you know getting back mm -hmm. um, getting back and worshiping together as a church um, and so that's kind of like what prompted uh, just some of the new music that I've been working on um, just writing in this season of gratitude for for the goodness of God for the faithfulness of God everything that he's doing um, not only in my life um, but just in the life of the church I believe um, I, you know, I think we've experienced uh, in these last couple of years that we have a God who gives and the God who takes away, but mm. he's always faithful and he's always in the midst of it. And he's never going to leave us abandoned. He's always going to provide for us because he knows our every need. And so, um, yeah, that's where just kind of this, this new project was born. Um, and I'm excited. It's been a long time since, since I put out music. So this is a long yeah, time coming yeah. and a ton of people working on it. And so we're just so pumped. Yeah, no, and I love, I love, I love what I'm hearing. Um, just a question: So, is with the Vigil project? Are you guys doing shows again? You're touring again with Vigil? Yeah, yeah. So, so we shifted kind of. We were doing this this mission concert model, but we've yeah. Well, we're still doing that. We're kind of shifting our focus to more adoration, events, okay, Eucharistic events. Um, nice. and we call them True Presence Nights, and so we've been oh, doing that nice. since last last Advent, and then we went, uh, we did them again for Lent. Uh, okay, Lent great. That's great. If people if people have not heard about the Vigil Project, you should check them out because it's a wonderful, wonderful project. Um, and now for yourself, other than you're writing music, I know you're releasing singles little by little. Are you also back to touring? Yeah, yeah. So doing a little bit here and there. Um, I know Vigil has taken kind of priority uh, in, in a lot of uh, for a lot of events, and so. Um, outside of visual yes still still doing um, my own booking and actually currently working on booking um for okay. basically now through the end of the year um yes. into, the, into next year as well you know uh, excited to get to share these songs um with people you know in person yeah of course there's uh, i think that that from from artists that i've spoken to and, and i know my own experience there's nothing like being live with people you know i mean there's something about being on stage but even just in, at a worship event in person yeah, yeah I, don't know. I don't think i could do one more zoom uh, oh. <laughs> it's just no uh, it's but even but even but even i i know that some artists also they really enjoy being in the studio right like are you more of a stage or studio person i would say, i mean i i love being with people yeah. um i just i there's just such a uh it's so powerful when you walk into a room and people are just excited and ready to worship. Yeah. Um, I think that gets me pumped. Um, I love the studio too. I think it's super vulnerable. It's a lot of fun. Um, mm. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. I guess it's good to have a little bit of both and you have that balance. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by what you said about being in a season of gratitude. Is that what you said? Um, Cause the songs, so the three songs that, well, we've heard two of them. 
One is a vigil song, but all things new, that kind of is a season of gratitude. Um, but can I, is it fair to say that even my surrender is also in that space? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, we, we've seen God, you know, he can give and then he can take away. Yeah. The is, do we have faith to literally lay everything down? Um, do we have the faith to surrender our deepest desires, hopes, struggles, worries? Um, and, and can we actually completely give it all to God and surrender? Um, and so, yeah, my surrender is a worship. Uh, it's a worship song um, that, that really invites um, anyone who listens to kind of just break into that and break through the natural cycle of like, I can do this on my own and actually turning to real honest dependence on God because he, he literally provides for, for every need. And that, I think that's a reason to, to be grateful or a reason to. Yeah. Gratitude. yeah. I was thinking, and I was going to ask you in your own personal life, because mm-hmm. I think it also works the other way around. Do you think you have to get to a place of surrender before you can really kind of, enter into full gratitude or does it have to be the other way around? I I think so. I think when you begin to enter into the freedom that like, I don't have to do this on my own. God who's willing to walk with me every step of the way. I think that kind of moves us into a posture of gratitude. um, Just realizing the, the authentic freedom that's actually taking place there. Yeah, for sure. Now we're going to end the show with a song, but it is the one that's, that seems like it's more about gratitude. I will give thanks. Um, if if these songs end up being on an album, is that going to be like the title track? Well, I believe it's the title song. It's the first song um, on the project. So okay. yeah, I mean, I guess the cat's out of the bag. It's all good. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm working on a, a new project. I've been releasing a couple C, uh, singles and the EP is due to release very soon. So very excited about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So people heard it here first. That's good to know. So um, EP, so yep. full length, how many yeah. times? Five songs for sure, and there may be some bonus songs, bonus content on there that that will be decided soon. And so, does that mean that you're still writing, or you're you've written and you're just still recording? Uh, just the kind of post production process of of kind of deciding what songs are going to be on there and whatnot. Yeah. So, do you? I also find that interesting that process because it's different for everybody. Do you? Sure. Do you? So you have more than five songs you know five for sure but it might be more it might be less you're not sure some songs might not end up in the album definitely five and then we were talking about releasing so we did a couple acoustic takes of some of the songs um uh that have video as well so we were kind of talking around the idea of throwing those acoustic versions on the the project as well which is something that i did uh with my last project yeah and those are so good and if the videos are like the videos you've done before they're Mm -hmm. so good people need to go check them out um because they're so simple like to me i love the simplicity of that acoustic the, the sound but also just from a video point of view do you so is it going to be like a concept album i'm trying to get more information can you tell uh is it going to be like a concept album no and, and I'm not sure what you mean by concept album, but <laughs> well, like a thematic, like it's a kind of album, you know, like some albums you need to s- ideally sit and listen to the whole thing from beginning to end. Cause there's like a narrative mm-hmm. or, or, or an arc and uh, others is just a collection of songs that work really well together. I guess that's kind of yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Well, the title of it, which this is officially, this is the, I'm just, the, the title of it is Let Faith Arise, and that is going to be another song that 
maybe a single. Um, okay. Maybe the third, the the third single to release prior to the the EP. And so, yeah, I think all of the songs really just uh, speak to the faithfulness of God and like like in these last couple of years where I've had to like actually ask the question, um, do I still believe? Not necessarily do I still believe in God, but do I still believe in his faithfulness? You know, do I still right. believe that he's good? Like that and and these songs are just reminders um to myself that he is indeed good, that he is indeed um good. savior. Um and uh and and he and he moves. He's he's constantly moving and doing a new thing and um just kind of recognizing that I need to reset my focus on how good he really is. Yeah. And I'm sure that that'll, that'll be the experience that people have in listening to the songs as well. John, thank you. I think I got more out of you than you wanted to, um, but thank you. Um, looking forward to the full album because then we can have you back on the show. We can talk more about it and play okay. some of the, some of the songs. Um, thank you so much. Congratulations on the marriage. And uh, it's good to see you, my friend. Thank you, Deacon. So good to be here. You can find out more about John Finch, find out how to listen to his music or book him for your next event at his website, johnfinchmusic.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just head to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now to take us out is John Finch with his new single, I Will Give Thanks. When I was in shackles, you found me. When I was a sinner, you saved me You called me friend You gave me a chance to start again I know this is part of my story I know you're still writing it for me And grace upon grace Great is your faithfulness I will give thanks, I will give thanks, thanks be to God for your goodness. I will give thanks, I will give thanks, your mercies are new, new every morning. I have a reason to praise you. fills my lungs and all that's within me will bless your name I will give thanks I will give thanks thanks be to God for your goodness I will give thanks I will give thanks your mercies are new new every morning I will give thanks I will give thanks We're listening to John Finch with his single, I Will Give Thanks. And that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Remember to visit our website, slmedia.org. That's where you can listen to all our programs and not just podcasts. There's a lot of content there, videos, TV series, documentaries, 
and also our blog. Lots of great content there. You can also find out everything you want to know about Salt and Light Media and how you can support our ministry because we cannot do this work without your financial support. That's slmedia.org. If you have any comments or questions, you can send them to me. Email me, pedro at slmedia.org, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour.